Welcome everybody from the great American Midwest. It is your host Mark tonight on a new episode of The Wormhole. That's right. New name. New name. New title. It's fun. It really is. It's good to be back. Season 2, episode 1. Dropping the nerdgasm, going with The Wormhole. And, you know, before you laugh, there's a lot of deeper meaning to it I, I think I mean it's nerdy in its own right right? it's scientific you think a wormhole like traveling from one place to the other like my voice traveling from across the stars and around the world to your speakers to your car to your podcast playing machine wherever you are in the blink of an eye at light speed take you places you might not want to go it's also like the rabbit hole you know what I mean in Alice in Wonderland could be a never ending dangerous place to wind up on the internet listening to my podcasts Um, also drop in the nerd I mean that's what people know me as in the gaming community when I'm streaming and in my discord that's that's my nickname nerd um my real name's Mark, and we're just going to go with that. So my name is Mark. I'm, I'm the host of The Wormhole, Season 2, Episode 1. Welcome back. It's been, a, it's been a fun couple of weeks. I went on vacation. I went to Aruba with the family, went overseas. Um, I had a lot of fun, got a good tan, ate a lot of great food, drank a lot of good liquor, and just relaxed and de-stressed and came back with a new vision and a new take on life. Um, it was very eye-opening. I had a lot of fun. Um, thought a lot about the podcast and the direction I wanted to take it in. And I was uh, actually just watching television and listening to podcasts, and the name just kind of came at me. So that's the one I decided to go with. Season 2, Episode 1, The Grassy Knoll. Season 2 is going to be all about conspiracies, guys. You guessed it. I made a hint of a uh, to what this season would be about on my Facebook page uh, a few weeks back. Um, I knew at this e- end, the end of Season 1 what Season 2 was going to be about. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I would have enough content to fill you know, a, a season's worth of episodes before I divulged what it was going to be. But... Uh, season one we wrapped up. It was very good introductory season on uh, UFOs, aliens, and the um, UFO phenomenon and sightings. It was really fun diving into doing podcasts, uh, figuring out how the technology worked, fine-tuning software, coming up with thumbnails, figuring out how to get it all distributed to, to different mediums and Spotify's and Amazon Music and all that good stuff. Um, so it was fun. It was really a learning experience, and I had a blast doing it, me and my squeaky chair. So moving forward now, season two, a little bit more knowledge under my belt, a little bit more experience, and now we're talking about conspiracy theories. That's this season. And tonight's episode, The Grassy Knoll, and might have guessed, I mean, you would be living under a rock. If you live in this country, you've never heard that phrase before. We were talking about the assassination 
of a sitting president, John F. Kennedy. Now, obviously, a lot of us probably were not even alive when Kennedy was alive. We weren't even... Um, probably some of our parents weren't even alive. I know the age of some of my friends. Um, President Kennedy was shot uh, in Dallas in uh, November. November 22nd, 1963. He was shot. If you didn't know. Um, he was in a motorcade. Uh, they had the top down in a convertible. President Kennedy and his wife were in the back seat of a car. And supposedly, Lee Harvey Oswald, acting alone, fired shots at the president from the upper floor of the uh, book depository and killed the president. Um, the official story from the Warren Commission, which is a commission that Vice President and then, after the assassination, President Lyndon B. Johnson had set up, uh, named after the Supreme Court Justice um, that was the head of the Warren Commission, Justice Warren, um, determined that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in killing President Kennedy. I will tell you, in my research over the last few weeks on this topic, um, of all the statistics and all the surveys I've read, 62% of Americans feel like there was some kind of conspiracy, something we don't know. Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. Over half of the country feels like we have not gotten the full story. I would be one of those people. I'm a firm believer that we were not told the truth and that there's obviously more to the story when it comes to the assassination of President Kennedy. We're going to go and dive into some of those tonight. Now remember this is a, a short show. We don't have a two, three hour time slot here. We, we cover what we can when we can and we wrap it up when we think it's a good idea to wrap it up. One of the most common theories that I came across in my research was that Lyndon B. Johnson ordered or had a hand in the assassination of President Kennedy, the then sitting vice president. And digging through research, um, there was a lot of rumors and speculation, a lot of it hearsay, that, you know, President Johnson said this, or President Johnson wrote this down or in a memo or something, and or like a Freudian slip. or and, and it's all hearsay when it comes to Lyndon B. Johnson. There's instances where he might have said something to somebody or wrote something down on a memo, and it, it at first glance it, it seems unusual, but then you realize it's either fabricated or somebody heard somebody who heard somebody else who told somebody else something that the president said. And you can't take that at face value. You can't trust that info. Um, and you know what, to be honest, there's not a whole lot of evidence that shows that Lyndon B. Johnson, quote-unquote, had it done. 
I haven't come across anything. And I, th- I would like to think that if a sitting vice president conspired to have his boss killed so he could have his job, there would have to be people involved, right? I mean, something like that would not be, would not go quiet into the night. Bill Clinton couldn't get his dick sucked without the entire planet finding out months later. I mean, and you're going to tell me Lyndon B. Johnson in the 60s had his boss shot and killed? Uh, and, and everybody involved kept it quiet? I don't... I, mm, I have a problem with that theory. I, I just don't think... It's tantalizing to think about, right? I think it appeals to our sense of... Um, like drama in the workplace almost like wanting to kill your fucking boss you ever had those feelings where you go into work and you're just like oh fuck this motherfucker you know I want to kill him I think it goes it appeals to our subconscious frustrations with our own jobs and our own employers and you picture LBJ as this disgruntled employee who just had his boss killed like I, I, I just don't see it um, but as I say all the time, you know, do your own research, look into things yourself, and uh, decide what you want to believe and what you think is true or not true. But I, I personally don't see it. There's a theory about the military-industrial complex, about how JFK was going to pull us out of Vietnam. Because we were in the middle of the Vietnam War when he was killed. Uh, we were in the middle of going to, to space and to the moon. Um, but he wanted to pull us out of Vietnam and the military industrial complex all the people that had big money in war said nope we're not doing it I don't necessarily think that to be true either I mean when you think about again the same as LBJ if LBJ was going to have the president killed people would have to know about it there'd have to be um, secrets kept on so many levels. I, I just can't envision a group of, you know, a, some cabal of evil CEOs be getting together at a secret beach house and planning the assassination of a president because he wants to end the war. There's wars all over the world. There's plenty of opportunity for weapons manufacturers and and warmongers to make money. We go to war every 10 years in this country. We were in, before Vietnam, we were in Korea. I mean, I can't name a single decade where there hasn't been a military conflict involving our nation. So, to think that the military-industrial complex was afraid to lose money in Vietnam and they wanted to send more troops in, I don't see it. There's some compelling theories about it. But they're just theories. There's no evidence. I haven't seen any shred of evidence that makes me believe without a shadow of a doubt. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
What sticks in the back of your mind when you think of the military-industrial complex is the speech that Dwight D. Eisenhower gave warning, and this was years prior, warning America of the military-industrial complex and exposing its existence and warning Americans about the power that it has. But I don't think, and realistically, that, that that was the case. People say the mafia did it. We're getting warmer. Did the mob do it? No. Did the mob, did Oswald, you know, work for the mob or, you know, agree to do it for the mob for some money? No. But do I believe that the mob or the mafia or some kind of crime family may have helped, may have facilitated, maybe supplied money or weapons or ammunition or transportation or something like that? Are they guilty of aiding and abetting most definitely 100 percent because jack ruby would have never shot oswald who was also a member of the fucking i can't remember if it was the miami mob or the new orleans mob but jack ruby shot lee harvey oswald outside of the courthouse and he's proven ties to the mob why why would a mob hitman or a mobster shoot Lee Harvey Oswald two days after his arrest in broad daylight in front of police officers like you obviously wanted to shut this guy up what were you afraid he was going to say but I don't think the mob put a hit out on the president I think it was orchestrated behind the scenes and the mob facilitated some of it I don't think for a second though that the mafia orchestrated does that make sense there's a difference you know if you're gonna rob a bank and I come over to your house and help you plan it that's one thing but if you're gonna rob a bank and I just okay yeah you can use my car I'm not going anywhere today that's another thing like they're both helping you but one is drastically more severe in in my opinion than the other But the problem is, I don't believe Oswald acted alone. And let me tell you, there are some outlandish conspiracy theories that I have come across involving JFK. There's a group of people that believe aliens, like extraterrestrials, like UFO aliens, conspired to have JFK killed. So he wouldn't, like, go into space and, like, launch NASA and go to the moon and shit. Like, there's people that believe this theory. That space aliens conspired to have JFK killed. So when I tell you there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there involving this particular assassination, I'm not kidding. And that's part of the problem because it's so saturated. There's so many that it's hard to say. It's like it's like some of the conspiracies involving you know 9/11 or what have you. Um, there's so many different angles that it makes it very hard. The CIA 
Now, when, when I researched the CIA, I, I got a little worried. The CIA, for the record, is nothing to fuck with, okay? These are people you don't mess with. They kill people daily with no remorse. None. They don't care. They will kill you, your family. They'll make it look like an accident. They'll give you cancer. They will make sure you die in a car accident having a heart attack. But some of the things I investigated and researched looks more and more likely that again, just like the mafia, the CIA, the CIA probably didn't plan it, but they definitely facilitated some aspects of it. Now let me fill you in on a few things that you might not know and why I think Lee Harvey Oswald definitely shot the president. That's number one. I do not think that he was a patsy. I think he was up there in that book depository, and I do think he took the shot. Do I think there was a second gunman on the grassy knoll? Uh, yes and no. Let's get that out of the way, because the name of the episode is The Grassy Knoll. I don't think Oswald was alone. I do think there was a second gunman, just because of the way that the bullets, and mind you, multiple bullets hit the president in a fraction fractions of a second. The president was shot multiple times with a single loading, or a single action bolt sniper rifle. I don't know if you've ever handled that kind of weapon, but you have to fire the gun, pull the lever back, pop out the shell, reload, and then push it down into the gun and put it back in the chamber and then fire it. And Lee Harvey Oswald could not have physically done it. Like, they've had experts on Mythbusters and shit where guys, experts in sniper rifles who've been doing it for their entire lives, could not shoot that many rounds with that gun that fast. So Lee Harvey Oswald, just by sheer science, did not act alone. The second gunman was not on the grassy knoll. The second gunman was standing behind a chest, abdomen high wall behind the grassy knoll. Watch the Zapruder film of that day. It's the only film in existence of the JFK shooting. It's shot from multiple angles there as a documentary. Um, watch any documentary on Netflix or Hulu or whatever on, on the JFK assassination. You'll see what I mean. Behind the grassy knoll, there's about a chest or an abdomen high white wall. And I feel really bad about this next part because I watched a documentary on this topic and I can't fucking remember the name of it. But it it was on some kind of streaming platform and they went in depth with this theory that there was a second gunman behind this wall. And there was a man, it was a witness, who said that there was like a strange car parked behind that wall the day before the assassination and it never left and the car was there until those moments after the shots were fired and the man who owned the property there remembers seeing a guy hanging out behind that wall like looking extremely shady like trench coat type shady 
you know, for the 60s. Uh, but he didn't pay no mind until after, you know, the president was shot. He went to report it and nobody would listen to him. Wasn't included in the Warren Commission, anything like that. And I thought, I, I found that very, very concerning. Some things that I found out in my research that I didn't know even until just the other day, and I'm 41 years old and I've studied, I've watched, I've listened to things about JFK's assassination. And even just the other day I found out something I never knew before. Some people know that Lee Harvey Oswald actually visited and lived in Russia. Remind you, this is during the Cold War. Now, Oswald moved to the Soviet Union in 1959. He spent two and a half, almost three years there, living in Russia. His political views and his friends and family, he supported a Soviet-backed Cuba. Lee Harvey Oswald was a communist. Now, back in the 60s, it was a very dangerous fucking thing to be a communist. You can get arrested. Like, like that was not a good thing to be a communist. We, were, we had the Cold War going on with Soviet Union or Russia or the USSR, whatever you want to call them. We had the embargoes with Cuba. We had the Russians putting missiles on Cuba and aiming them at the United States. We, we were in a mess. We were in Vietnam. Like, we were stretched thin, and we were pissing a lot of people off around the world. Now, Oswald lived in the Soviet Union for ni from 1959 till 1963. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 62. And some people know that. I mean, it's, it's common knowledge. It's often included in some of the documentaries when they want to paint Oswald as the crazy lone gunman, whatever. Okay, but here's the thing. What if I told you that two weeks before JFK was killed, two weeks before JFK was shot in Dallas, Lee Harvey Oswald checked in to the Russian embassy in Mexico City. This is coming from CNN.com. CNN.com. An article dated uh, March 21st, 2018. They're going over a couple of conspiracy theories regarding the Kennedy assassination. And says, quote, Oswald was a supporter of Soviet-backed Cuba. We know Oswald was in the Russian embassy in Mexico. We even know who he talked to. But we don't know what was said. Then a few weeks later, he shoots Kennedy. It may have been something that they overheard involving him and the Russians, or maybe the CIA had Oswald on the payroll. He might have been a double agent. Is it possible that the Russians ordered Oswald to do it?
Now, back in 2017, the Trump administration released thousands and thousands of documents relating to the JFK assassination. I don't know if you guys might remember that. This was five, six years ago. And everybody thought it was a good thing. Like, oh, finally, we're going to put the JFK thing to bed. We're going to put it to rest. We're going to get answers. Thousands upon thousands of documents were released. And it was never really talked about. And this was found out as a result of these documents. That Lee Harvey Oswald visited the Russian embassy in Mexico City. Here's where it gets even more interesting. Now, this is documented. This is actual shit that the federal government knew. One Soviet official whom... I'm sorry. One Soviet official whom Oswald purportedly contacted, Valery Kostikov, was not only a KGB officer, but also was believed to have worked for the KGB's Department 13, which the CIA reported described as, quote, the department charged with sabotage and assassination, end quote. This is when a previous round of documents were declassified. That has left historians keen to know what the last batch of records will reveal about Oswald's movements and meetings in Mexico City. Quote, I've always considered the Mexico City trip the hidden chapter of the assassination. A lot of histories gloss right past this period. A former New York Times reporter, Philip Sheenan. Oswald was meeting with Soviet spies and Cuban spies, and the CIA and FBI had him under aggressive surveillance. Didn't the FBI and CIA already have enough evidence that he was a threat before the assassination? If he was under heavy surveillance, he would have never made it up the book depository with a fucking sniper rifle. So did the CIA and FBI, in their complacency, passively allow the president to be killed? So now, 50, we're coming up on 60 years since President Kennedy was killed. So, uh, next year, 20, 2023 will be 60 years. It's taken this, this long to find out that Lee Harvey Oswald met with Russian spies who specialized in assassinations. He met them at their embassy in Mexico City, and two weeks later, President Kennedy was shot. It's amazing. I mean... In any court of law, that would be at least circumstantial evidence, right? Enough circumstantial, or enough circumstantial evidence to convict, to at least arrest somebody. Now, after the assassination of John F. Kennedy, President Johnson, newly sworn in, puts together the Warren Commission, headed by Chief Justice Warren of the Supreme Court, 
it's a panel of a bunch of experts and stuff, and they take months and months. They interview witnesses, take statements, you know, evaluate evidence, and they put together this huge report on the assassination of President Kennedy. Guess what they left out? This is the federal government. Already knew that Oswald was, you know, meeting with Russian spies in Mexico. They left it out. Now, this comes from Wikipedia, and this quote kind of sums up why I think it wasn't included in the Warren Commission. President Johnson expressed concern that the public might come to believe that Soviet leaders and Cuban leader Fidel Castro were implicated in the assassination, a situation that Johnson said might lead to, quote, a war that could kill 40 million Americans in an hour. Johnson relayed his concerns to both Chief Justice Earl Warren and Senator Richard Russell, telling them that they could, quote, serve America by joining the commission Johnson had established to investigate the assassination. So Johnson didn't want the truth getting out. Johnson knew. These people knew after the fact what happened. And President Johnson tells Chief Justice Earl Warren to keep it under wraps because if the American public finds out that the Russians had our president killed, it's going to lead to war and 40 million motherfucking people are going to die. And there'll probably be nukes and it's going to be ugly. Let's just take this one for the team. Let's talk about Ruby. Jack Ruby. Guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald outside the, the courthouse here, two days after he was arrested. The alleged mobster. Now remember I said in the beginning that the mob probably helped facilitate or were at least complicit a little bit in in the assassination. There's a string of deaths that I want to go through with you right now. I'm going to ramble a little bit, but try to keep up. I'm going to name. I'm going to name their names. This is straight from Wikipedia. You can look these up yourself. I'm going to name a name, and then the date that I say is the date that they died. Okay. Allegations of mysterious or suspicious deaths of witnesses connected with the Kennedy assassination originated with journalist Penn Jones Jr and were covered by Ramparts Magazine in October 1966. The story was picked up by Reuters and multiple newspapers reported on it at the time. The Ramparts article cited 10 people who died within three years of the assassination, including Jim Coth, September 21, 1964, one of two reporters who went to Ruby's, Jack Ruby's apartment the night after Robbie, Ruby shot Oswald. Kuth was killed with a, quote, karate chop on the neck in his own apartment by an intruder. 
Bill Hunter, April 23, 1964. The other of the two reporters who went to Ruby's apartment the night after Ruby shot Oswald, killed by a policeman with a gunshot at a police station. The gunshot was deemed accidental. William Whaley, December 1965, who was the taxi driver who took Oswald from the scene of the assassination, died in a car crash alongside the driver of the car which crashed into his cab. Irline Roberts, January 1966, Oswald's landlady, died of a heart attack, age 60, no autopsy performed. Tom Howard, March 1965, one of Ruby's lawyers. Howard also went to Ruby's apartment with Cooth and Hunter the night after Ruby shot Oswald. Died of a heart attack, age 48, after behaving, quote, strangely for a few days and not recognizing his friends. No autopsy performed. Lee Bowers, August 1966, a witness who was in a railway interlocking tower that overlooked Dealey Plaza at the time of the assassination, died after his car crashed into a bridge. This is a witness to the assassination. Died after his car crashed into a bridge. Hank Killam, March 1964, whose wife was the quote-unquote cigarette girl at Ruby's Club. Killam later moved to Florida and died there. He received a phone call at 4 a.m., after which he went to a building in downtown Pensacola and, quote, jumped or fell out of a first-floor window and bled to death. He jumped from a first-floor window and bled to death. Edward Benavides, February 1965, brother of Domingo Benavides, a key witness to the J.D. Tippett shooting. He entered Tippett's car to radio for help, died of a gunshot wound to the head in a bar. No one else was killed in the bar shooting. Jones Jr. implied it was a case of mistaken identity and that Domingo was the intended victim. Nancy Jane Mooney, a.k.a. Betty McDonald, a stripper at Jack Ruby's club. Mooney was arrested for fighting, and her roommate reportedly hanged herself in her Dallas jail cell. Mooney had provided an alibi to the suspected shooter of Warren Reynolds after Reynolds, who said he saw the killer of J.D. Tippett and reported this to the FBI, was shot in the head in January of 1964. A lot of loose ends get tied up there. Jack Ruby owned a nightclub that was in Dallas. And a lot of these people either worked there. One of them was Jack Ruby's lawyer. Two reporters go to Jack Ruby's house the day after to investigate. And they're karate chopped in the neck by intruders. Like, <laughs> what the... You can't make this stuff up. I mean, Oliver Stone did when he made the movie, you know, about JFK, but... Here's the last little nugget that leads me to believe that the CIA was involved. Now let me let me pull up this article. You might hear my computer clicking and all that. Oh, 
So. During the Warren Commission, in the height of the Cold War, from 1966 to 1977, guess who was the head of the CIA? George H. W. Bush. Put that pill in your mouth and swallow it, ladies and gentlemen. Your future president, father of another future president, George H.W. Bush himself, head of the CIA. Telling you people, this shit runs deep. runs real deep. When you can have a sitting president killed that will never know why. And I guess that strikes me the worst. It strikes me the hardest. Why? You didn't like a policy? You didn't like something the man said. Maybe you were jealous that he was fucking Marilyn Monroe. Who knows? The cover-ups, the conspiracies. I don't think it was LBJ. I think LBJ knew after the fact. I mean, he's the current president of the United States, right? I think the Warren Commission knew. I think they decided to keep it from the American people to stop and prevent a war. Now, I'm not trying to rush a hate either, okay? Like, I don't want to come off as, you know, quick to blame the Russians, but so much circumstantial evidence. And that's all we have to go on. You know, it's 60 years later. We're not there. Most of us weren't alive then. So you have to go with the facts as you see them. The facts that are presented to you. And what we have is Lee Harvey Oswald, who confessed. He was spotted there. He was arrested at the scene. Fingerprints were everywhere. Obviously he didn't work alone. We know that by science. Just sheer marksman science. He didn't he didn't work alone. He spotted by the CIA and by the FBI, who had him under surveillance, spotted at the Russian embassy in Mexico City. Why? Because probably didn't think anybody was watching him. I mean you stroll up into the Russian embassy in America, somebody's gonna notice. Although, I think because of the Cold War and all the tensions going on, that the embassy might have been closed along with ours in Russia or in Moscow, but I can't confirm that. But it would make sense to go to Mexico City or Canada or somewhere else. They had him under surveillance, meeting with people that specialized in assassinations.
at the very least, even if you want to believe none of the conspiracies, six, remember, 62% of this country believes that there's a conspiracy on this topic. So that means 38% of you believe what the government said and trust the government. Okay, I respect that. So for the 38% of you out there, I'm going to say this. Even if you're right, even if Lee Harvey Oswald did it, even if Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, even if the mob, LBJ, space aliens, even, even if none of those were involved, the fact that Lyndon B. Johnson is on record talking to J. Edgar Hoover and Justice Warren about keeping it quiet to avoid a war is all the proof you need. Proof, like actual proof, this conversation's documented. It's proof that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't act alone. Why would Lyndon B. Johnson tell them to shut their mouths to avoid a war if Russia had nothing to do with it? You have to backpedal this conspiracy to get to the logical conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. Lee Harvey Oswald was aided by the Mafia and by the CIA. And I believe... You know, the mob here might actually be the patsy. I mean, the mob's not sloppy enough to shoot a guy in broad daylight in front of cameras and other police officers. Like, the mob is smarter than that, right? Like, I think the mob was the actual patsy. I think the CIA was behind Lee Harvey Oswald getting to this point. I think the CIA used the mob to help Lee Harvey Oswald. So the mob helped him, but the CIA pushed it over the edge. So I think in this case, the mafia was the patsy. Lee Harvey Oswald shoots the president along with somebody on the grassy knoll or behind the grassy knoll. The mob helped with CIA <laughs> they, these people are devious these people are dangerous they can kill a sitting president what do they What do they care about you imagine what they could do to you so I hope you learned something tonight guys remember do your own research look up these things it's easy Go on YouTube. If, if you don't have Netflix or Hulu or whatever, Amazon Prime, and you don't have any streaming services, you have a smartphone, you have YouTube, watch some videos. Go on Wikipedia. It's free. Just Google JFK assassination and read. Educate yourselves, people. Be smart. Be woke. Don't fall for anything. Teach yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. The most you can do is educate yourself. And feed the gray matter in between your ears, guys. This has been Season 1, Episode... I'm sorry. Season 2, Episode 1 of the Wormhole, formerly Nerdgasm. My name is Mark. 
from coast to coast from the great american midwest i bid you all good day good evening good night thank you for listening new episode will pop next week be sure to look out and listen for that one you can catch me on spotify amazon music and most of your favorite podcast channels you guys have a good one make sure you tell somebody you love them have a good night